0: If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Doc Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do.
1: Investigation and curiosity is always central, whether you are a scientist or whether you're an artist. It's not mutually exclusive. And I've gotten to collaborate with people from the chemistry department, the biological sciences, the physics department, environmental studies.
0: Deidre Kavasi is an artist who finds creative inspiration in areas that you might not necessarily immediately associate with art. Deidre, who is the chair of Saddleback College's dance department, is also the founder, choreographer and artistic director of Architecture Dance Company, a contemporary troupe based in Orange County. In addition to her professional background as an artist, Deidre is a marine scientist and her interdisciplinary dance projects explore themes that include nanoscience, ecology, and neuroscience. Deidre, you make an artist statement on your website for architecture that your passion is discovering the connection between art and science. How did you first become aware of this connection?
1: So growing up, my father worked as an environmental chemist and my mother was an artist. So I grew up from a very early age in a household that celebrated both the arts and the sciences and encouraged experimentation. So, you know, I remember as a very young girl, one of my favorite toys was my dad's molecular building set. For his workplace, which was in his desk. And I loved putting all of the little molecules and connections together. And, you know, and then likewise, of course, my mom being an artist, when she was working in the garage, I would go out there and I would use pastels and sit on the floor and color. So it made sense to me that both of those disciplines really wedded together. And as I continued to grow I found ways to merge those together. So I did work as a marine naturalist for a number of years. And then of course, I have a full-time job now as the dance department chair at Salabat College. So for me, finding those ways to connect and to share my passions for both the arts and the sciences has been natural.
0: You're doing something I have never seen a dance instructor, let alone a dance department chair do before, which is interconnect the departments in your presentations and your performances how did you first decide to make that step? I guess for
1: me, because science and art are the two things that I am most passionate about, I wanted to find ways to continually investigate and discover and explore. You know, as I mentioned, I worked as a marine naturalist for a time and loved getting to be out on the ocean or collecting and looking at plankton samples under a microscope or spotting and identifying marine mammals. And I would always think about how I could bring sort of a sense of artistic discovery and curiosity to the work that I did looking at, for instance, plankton. Plankton is so cool, right? Whether you're looking at zooplankton or phytoplankton, all of these beautiful shapes, these incredible organisms, sketching them, drawing them, looking at the way they moved. For me, it was natural to start thinking about how I might explore this visually and also in movement. And then when I would be working in the studio as a choreographer or teaching classes, finding ways that I could get my students enthused about the connections. I believe that to be an artist is also to be a researcher, just as in the sciences. And that's something that I want to impart to my students, to let them know that investigation and curiosity is always central, whether you are a scientist or whether you're an artist. It's not mutually exclusive So I love, for instance, at my college campus, the opportunity to contact peers that are working in other disciplines. And I've gotten to collaborate with people from the chemistry department, the biological sciences, the physics department, environmental studies, horticulture, architecture, math, and physics. And that for me is just a wonderful way to get to continue to do what I love
0: most, which is to find connections. I wish dance teachers had thought like you when I was in college. What are some of the ways that you were connecting with the math and the physics departments to create dance pieces?
1: So I'll talk about this as separate works. So I've made several collaborations with different physicists, both on my campus and actually overseas. So I was lucky enough to be invited to the National University of Ireland at Galway, NUA Galway, two years ago and collaborated with a nanophysicist to do a project there. I've also done a project based around quantum physics and in particular, looking looking at light, properties of light. That was one of the key areas that we were looking at. Both of those had significant outreach components. And for those, it was really exciting in the studio To Both times, we would have the physicists who were involved talk to the performers and share sort of the key concepts. For me, when I start a work, it starts well before I actually enter the studio and start rehearsals. I'm meeting with the scientists, the collaborators that I'm involved with. We're looking at key concepts. I'm starting to think about how we can translate these into sort of a different artistic perspective. So a lot's been done before we get into the studio. And then I want to share all of that with the students as we're working same thing when I work with the math department. So I did a project around Fibonacci numbers and looking at the golden spiral as well. And for that, I collaborated with professors from the math department, from the architecture and from the horticulture programs at my college. So we looked at how these numbers and how these shapes and designs appear in nature and in architecture. And then in addition, I worked with our music faculty and they created an original orchestral composition that was entirely based on rhythms and patterns within Fibonacci and then I also segmented and used the stage with Fibonacci in mind so actually translating the dimensions of the stage and where I had dancers and the number of dancers that were on stages and the distances between them was all based um, in numbers so so those are two examples of collaborating across different disciplines
0: I've had the pleasure of seeing signals and circuits, but people are going to want to see where they can see this Fibonacci spiral and where they can see your other work. Where can they see this online before we go on?
1: The work that I do, we have, of course, a full-length premiere of a new dance theater work, but there is also a series of TED Talk-style short introductory lectures by the different professors involved. So those will all be available on my website. And that website? architecturedance.org. And architecture is like the texture of touching rather than architecture of the discipline. So with an X instead of a
0: C. I'm going to throw in a shameless plug you didn't know I was going to do. You share a wonderful blog on your architecturedance.org where you talk about your trip to Iceland. And you see beauty in a lot of things that might not occur to most of us. What would you say? could inspire some other artists in the everyday. You mentioned music, you mentioned art, you do writing and you make an observation that words are different depending on how you produce them. What are some of the inspiration sources for the various arts that we might not pay that much attention to every day? Well, I think photography. I think the fact that we go through life with smartphones
1: and we have the ability to document and capture the beauty in the natural world around us all the time. And so I think, and I always encourage my students to think about looking with new eyes, infuse a sense of wonder into the everyday. Notice maybe how the shadow is crossing a leaf in your backyard, or maybe there's a ladybug, you know, crawling across your window pane. So looking at structures, at patterns, at design, at color around us. So I definitely think photography And the fact that we have phones, you know, many of us have Instagram collections of photos and things already online, but thinking about how you might be documenting the beauty of the world around you and trying to look at things from different perspectives. So, and that's something, so I have a blog for my time in Iceland, also my time in Ireland creating Nanodance, which was this collaborative work with a nanophysicist. And then my time in the Arctic, sailing in a tall ship off the coast of Svalbard, And for all of those, I I really wanted to, I've always loved writing as well. So I really wanted to try to share my descriptions and the
0: feeling of being in these immersive and very remote environments. What was one of the best creative lessons you took away from any one of those three?
1: So I was in Svalbard, I was really lucky to be part. I was selected, it was an international residency for artists and scientists, and they select 30 international artists and scientists, the Arctic Circle is the organization that sponsors this and they have two residencies that they sponsor each year a summer one and an autumn one and we are at sea in a tall ship for two and a half weeks and we literally sailed to the pack ice it was it was this amazing crucible in terms of being in a very very literally at the end of the earth in an extremely remote environment, but sharing it with 29 other artists and scientists. There are no cell signals. There is no internet. There is nothing, but, but you and the people on the ship with you. And I think that's very rare nowadays. We, we tend not to distance ourselves for very long from technology. And so the opportunity to spend every single moment of this voyage with other people from other disciplines who also were viewing the world from unique perspectives, whether as artists or scientists, they all brought incredibly rich backgrounds with them. And so spending every moment, of course, in awe of the beauty of the natural world, seeing seeing these incredible icebergs, seeing a polar bear, seeing just the the amazing diversity of nature and landscape in the Arctic, but experiencing it with this incredibly diverse group of people from around the world was extremely impactful. One unexpected and incredibly impactful event was when we were in Svalbard, we made landfall in this glacial lagoon and well, not landfall, we anchored and then we had zodiacs that we then took to shore. And It was incredibly remote. Maybe only a couple hundred people have likely set foot on the sands and the ice of this glacial lagoon, but we were horrified to see hundreds and hundreds of pieces of plastic. And because of tides and currents, this happened to be sort of a depository of plastics and there was accumulations. We cleaned the beach, we cleaned up everything, packed up everything, took it with us. Some artists took pieces home to use in future art projects and installations. A lot of us documented and took photos. For me, I made a work about Arctic ecosystems and plastic pollution when I got home. And I included a section with the dancers where we talked at length about the impact of plastics in our environment. And I actually had them for five days collect because we had five nights of performances. So for five days you know, beforehand when we were in the studio, everybody collected their single use plastics, clean them, wash them, and we use them in the piece. And a lot of the students remarked that that was one of the most powerful moments of it when they really saw the intersection between sort of plastics in our environment and their own contribution to that by sort of counting and cataloging and then using in this dance piece, these plastics. So I think that I feel so fortunate to have experienced the Arctic and to experience it in the company of so many amazing individuals but also, also to see how widespread and pervasive plastics are in the most remote places. And then to think about how I might say something and do something with that.
0: That's a little chilling when you think about that, just how few people have actually visited that area.
1: Yeah. And the plastics, you know, we would look and there would be, you know, plastic handy wrappers and things and the writings on them were in many different languages. So These were plastics from all different countries, and undoubtedly none of those individuals had been to this glacial lagoon. And so to think that somebody hundreds, thousands of miles away had unknowingly contributed to this strewn
0: sea of plastics was really, really chilling. It's sobering, certainly. What do you find works best for you as an artist in expressing what you've experienced so that someone else will experience it?
1: So I really like working with multimedia. So I like, I really like using, I often use projections. Often there'll be photos that I've taken or close up textures that I will then project through lighting and effects onto the bodies of the dancers. Thinking about how costuming can be really, really transformative. I will often incorporate either found sounds or sounds that I've recorded in different places or texts from my dancers And then of course movement. So trying to look at these different layers and different ways that I can involve artists. At my campus, I'm really fortunate that I have very enthusiastic and supportive colleagues. So people are now used to me knocking on their doors or sending emails and saying, would you maybe like to be part of this project? And for the last few projects that I've done at our campus, I've also involved our photography and our visual arts students. And we've had a coordinated gallery exhibit so that there was 2D and 3D art in the gallery that corresponded with the themes, the scientific themes for for the performance. So whenever possible, I think that performances work for me when they're most immersive. And that means providing ways for audiences to experience things you know through auditory journeys right through sounds that they hear seeing this amazing visually immersive environment where when they're in the space providing sort of maybe a gallery walk that they can then reflect further and then prefacing the performance with short talks from academics in these fields so i want i want audiences to leave feeling like they've had an immersive experience but also being able to think about and talk about some of these themes. You know, I want them to go to coffee or talk to people in their cars going home or now, of course, remotely over Zoom about, oh gosh, this theme, I hadn't thought about this. For instance, shortly before, before quarantine began, I had just finished a work. I did a piece called Bloom, which was looking at California ecosystems. So I used the writings of John Muir. I collaborated with our environmental studies program and again with our horticulture and landscaping design program on campus to do pre-performance talks, looking at the monarch butterflies migratory routes, looking at seed dispersal with the dandelion as a specific example. And then within the piece, I also explored the mycelial network and looking at sort of structures and different symbiotic relationships between different organisms in our local environments. And I still get emails from people saying, I went home and I made sure to plant native milkweed in my garden and I've had caterpillars. And, you know, so I love when people are moved to do something or apply something based on something
0: they saw in our performance. The mycelial network, what does that mean?
1: So looking at sort of the interdependent relationship of fungi in the soil of sort of mycorrhizal organisms with tree roots. And this really sort of interconnected, vast undersoil network. And so we looked, we looked at coastal oak. We looked at different California-specific fungi. I had, and I didn't take these, but I had images that that we projected, showing sort of the you know close-ups and microscopic views of some of these organisms in the soil. With the dancers, we played a lot with patterns and connection and interrelated movements, weight sharing movements that depended on sort of a rippling through of one dancer to the next, to the next. Same thing with with the dandelion. So looking at sort of, you think of the dynamics of flight and sort of movement on the wind of the structure of a dandelion. So we thought about that, like the functions of lift and the shape and how we might translate that into movement.
0: So really playing with these different structures This sounds like something amazing to see. What have you not done yet in technology that you're really looking forward to doing?
1: Hmm. Well, I definitely think, you know, my video editing skills, there's so much that I definitely want to learn. I'm certainly only a beginner with how I'm putting things together and editing things. So yeah, there's lots of things that I want to keep learning. Actually, for one of my upcoming future collaborations I've been very interested in in the theremin and looking at how you know this sort of if we look at the electromagnetic field but if we think of the theremin as being this amazing instrument that you can actually kind of physically use to demonstrate that so I have a theremini which is a small version of a theremin and so that's something in technology that I definitely want to learn to play and want to use that to explore ways that I could actually use that choreographically as well. So That's so continuing to get better at video editing and learning to play the theremin.
0: I have not seen a theremin before. I'm envisioning it as being like a, is it like a dulcimer or otherwise?
1: So it's, think of it as a very simple electronic device. And it basically has two sort of radio transmitter receivers on it. And then based on how close your hand gets to the antenna, it makes sound. So the theremin, I'm sure you've heard one before. If you think of, especially in the 50s and 60s, early sci-fi films that had sort of this these sort of sounds, those were often produced by theremin. So, So Leon Theremin was a scientist and an inventor, and he created this accidentally, he was not intending to design and create a musical instrument. But he realized that, you know, he had all of these incredible range of sounds, and so created it as an instrument. And so you have one hand that based on where your hand is, in reference to the antenna, that's going to change the pitch. And then the other hand controls the volume. So it's a super cool way, I think of to explore this concept of electromagnetism with an instrument. So, so that's, One of my upcoming things
0: I'm really excited about, exploring artistically. I'm getting that you're having a lot of fun exploring and researching and creating. How can people best support you in what you're doing?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I, you know, come and see the work, whether that means logging in online and looking. I am always looking for dancers and Something that I'm really committed to is I accept as a performer, anyone who is interested in my work. And that for me has been the most rewarding thing. So I have dancers of all levels in a lot of the works that I've done. I have students that weren't dancers at all, but maybe they were in a physics class and they heard about this project and they said, well, I want to do that. So I always structure the movement aspects of every piece for different levels, for different purposes. So yeah. So someone who's really interested should Join a production and be part of this. And and the number one thing that I hope people take away from this is curiosity themselves. Everyone is an artist. Everyone is a scientist. I believe that wholeheartedly because curiosity is at the root of both of those. And a sense of wonder and exploration. So make art. Get involved. Support science. Ask questions. No matter who you are or where you are or what your line of work is or what your age is, you can get involved and be active in artistic and scientific communities.
0: I love that image of all of us as artists, creators, and scientists at once. That really kind of answers the signature question I normally ask, but I will ask it and see if there's anything you'd like to add to it. Because I usually end a podcast by asking, if people can only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you like them to take away from you? A sense of wonder and curiosity and the sense that they have the ability to
1: ask all these questions and investigate all of these things themselves. Yeah, like that's, I mentioned before, what I love most is when I hear from people that have either been part of a piece or come to see a piece or maybe looked at my blog, and then said, oh my gosh, this changed the way like I went out and photographed rocks or I, you know, I bought some native milkweed from my garden and I'm so excited about, you know, the butterflies that are coming around. We did one of the physics projects I did with Dr. Todd Bry a few years ago where we were looking at light. I got a grant to buy diffraction glasses for every member of the audience. And so in his lecture demonstration before, you know, he showed different elements and we, you know, we looked at neon and sodium and we looked at how you see sort of the spectrum, visible spectrum of light at this elemental level. And then in the program, I had suggestions of things, you know, go out and look at a street light, look at these different things to see how it shows up differently. And I loved that around campus, you know, I would be walking back to my car at night and I would see somebody, you know, with diffraction glasses looking up at something. And it just made me so happy. So yeah, I hope people take away a sense of investigation and wonder and curiosity and play and the fact that they themselves can do these things and look and ask questions always.
0: Adra, thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. And yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: You and I have been listening to Deidre Kavassi, Saddleback College Dance Department Chair, Marine Scientist, and Founder and Artistic Director of Orange County-based Architecture Dance Company. For updates on Saddleback College's upcoming projects, check out saddleback.edu forward slash fa forward slash dance dash department. That's a long link. Here it is one more time, saddleback.edu forward slash fa forward slash dance dash department. And as David mentioned, you can see her new Architecture Dance Company videos on architecturedance.org. That's architecture, A-R-C-H-I-T-E-X-T-U-R-E, dance.org. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at 2Mavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O- mavericks m-a-v-e-r-i-x and you can contact us at mavericks at gmail.com the music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by pond5 at pond5.com i'm dot cannon here's wishing you a cappuccino day